0: Hi, this is Russ Ballard, and you're listening to the Voices of Russ Ballard podcast.
1: Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome to the Voices of Russ Ballard with myself, Ian. And me, Sven.
2: Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. I don't know where you are and when you
1: are listening to this brand new podcast. Guten Abend, yeah. Ja. Well, uh, it's good to see you again. It's a while since we've recorded the pod. We've had a kind of mini summer break and Russ has been doing lots of stuff, been very busy, been in the studio, lots of stuff going on. Uh, live stuff as well coming up, Sven, which is quite exciting, isn't it?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I think he is going to be back on the road again in August, which is Belgium. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Any 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 listeners from belgium i really i love your country and everything is okay i think you do have great beer and good sausages but (laughs) not far away not far away that russell will be back in portugal
1: yeah and russ is so um so popular in portugal i actually was uh, i Live in Portugal, and I uh, I heard the advert for the gig on the radio yesterday. I actually record managed to record some of it, but I couldn't put it on the Facebook page. But never mind. So he's he's back on the road. Lots of exciting stuff. But we move forward because today I've been looking forward to this for a long time. We we're gonna we're gonna grow some platforms, shoulder pads, all the stuff. Let's get, go go back inside and talk to a a real glam rock icon someone who is there can tell us a lot about what he did a lot about what was going on around him that that and and the thing is with our guest is he's still actually a young man because when when he had all those glam hits he was very young compared to some of the the, you know the 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 glam rock stars in the day who were probably I don't know mid 20s or whatever anyway we're going to talk about that can I do the intro Sven can I do that uh yes please yes please did
2: you did you do some good research don't start with schoolgirl, as you just mentioned he was very very young as he started his musical career argent tracks in it i guess no no no
1: no 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 we're gonna say we're gonna say hello in more ways than one of course so listen everybody today on the voices of russ ballard podcast we are looking after number one because our special guest is never afraid to let it rock There's no need to tell him, as he was part of my teenage revolution that kept us off the streets. So come on, let's glam up, get back in the New York groove and say a big hello to the one, the only, Bob Bradbury.
2: Bradbury.
0: Hello.
1: Nice intro. (laughs) (laughs) There's a few singles there. That was a <laughs> good one, Ian. Yeah, I could. You're doing pretty well there. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Glad you liked it, Bob. Well, welcome. It's it's really good to 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 have you on. And I know the the listeners can't see you, but we can. You're looking well. Everything's well with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, where do we start, really? I mean, uh, obviously, everybody's gonna gonna want to know uh, about yourself, and and you know that that single New York groove might just come up in the conversation. But there's a lot more to Bob Badbury and, and hello, the New York groove and tell him and, and, and the hits. And one of the things I'm looking forward to doing, Bob, is, is going through those singles, those hello singles, um, because um, there's a lot of really good stuff there, some of which should have been a hit, in my opinion, and and some really, really good singles, which just stand the test of time. And we're going to be playing those as we go along the show, aren't we, Sven?
2: Yes, we will. But let's start at the at the beginning. Usually we ask our guests, and so so we do with you, Bob. Uh, a very simple thing to kick the things off. Um, do you come from a musical family? It's always interesting for us to know. Is there any musical background, or was it just you one day waking up saying, "Oh, I'm going to be a glam rock star"?
0: Um, it was me waking up, basically going, I, "I don't know about a glam rock star," but I just I wouldn't have been in a band, you know, and um, I was listen to Top of the Pops and look to Ready Steady Go and look all the old shows and sort of oh I'd love to do that and I used to draw pictures of like bands and make up a, a band name you know and just draw these big stacks as I suddenly learnt about wow well, you know they use amps and look how big they are and mm-hmm. and I was always into it. Uh, my dad used to sing sometimes in a pub it was about the only musical thing and he used to sing Owl Jolson's
3: now. Mammy, mammy. The sun shines east, the sun shines
1: west, I know where the sun shines birth. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, so how did you I'm,
0: learn
1: I'm never... So um... sorry, sorry? always a delay, always a delay on these lines. How did you learn your, your instrument instruments, I should say? Well,
0: well, it was my sister's boyfriend at the time. I just wanted to play guitar, and I would say I'd love to play guitar. And I had... Uh, do you remember the old plastic Beatles guitars? They had four strings. Do you mm-hmm. remember them? I
1: think so, yeah.
0: I had one of them, and I said, "I'm, uh, you know, I could play little, like, like, melodies on it, but I didn't know what chords were all about and how you done them. Um, my sister's boyfriend, oh, I've shown you some chords, but obviously it only had four strings, so uh, we were able to tune it differently. And I learned on that, and then... Um, one day a friend of mine said, Oh, look, there's a, a 12 uh, a six string guitar, acoustic guitar in the sweet shop. You know, and it's really cheap. I Wow, oh, okay. and I've still got it actually. Um, and it's actually a right mess, but I've got it, it's unplayable. I think mm-hmm. it's over there, yeah. And um and I went and bought it and it, it was something like fifty p or whatever it was then. And um this is it here.
1: Oh wow. Well I took a good wow. picture of a that and put that on the site. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's-
2: okay. For, for all Absolutely the listeners, uh, sure. Bob Bob is just showing us his
1: guitar.
0: Yeah. What you think of that, Shamrocky?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is rock and roll. Yeah, Eddie Eddie Cochran style, isn't it?
3: Summertime dream. Sometimes a woman, but I'm a going to do, but there ain't no cure for the summertime.
0: That was it, yeah, that's my the song, that one. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, I learned to play that, and um. And I really want to put a band together. So um, I didn't know any kids of my age who could play. Um, but uh, you know, be- before that, I guess I, I formed this mime group. Thought we could get away with it. They're called the Flashback Berries. And okay. uh, there-, there was a local competition, a talent competition in their local town hall, um, like a-, a kids disco at three o'clock in the afternoon or something. And um, and they had a three-piece band there, like piano, drums, and guitar, I think it was. And they uh, said, well, you know, as you want to come up, come up and sing or whatever. And I went up with, I think the first song was Fire Brigade, went up with a single. said, can you play that? We're going to mime to it. So um, so we mime to it. But it was just some friends out. I said, well, like, you pretend to play the drums, you pretend to play the keyboards, I pretend to play the guitar, you pretend to play another guitar. But we was like mime with our pockets. So we was like playing our pockets, you know, like kids do. So, um, and we won. And it, it's sort of like that, that is the weirdest thing in the world, you know. And all the little girls are screaming and we're thinking, well, this is great. We, we really need
1: to start playing now. How old, so, um, how old were you then, Bob? Sorry to interrupt. Um, we're about 10 and a half.
2: Wow. <laughs> 10 and a half.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. God. Yeah. So, I'm still watching play thing. school when I was 10 and a half.
2: <laughs> yeah think about it you're 10 and a half and just yeah. thinking about oh let, let's start a group let's start let's a group, start a group. yeah guitar we need bass we need drums yeah let's go let's go for rock and roll at the age of 10 and a half wow uh, yeah, that's impressive yeah.
0: but then i, I said to me, like, we, we need a guitar saying, he said well i'll make some so uh my dad actually made a, a drum kit made these guitars these old wooden guitars and, uh, and next time we went back for the, the semifinals, I think it was, we had this drum kit, it sort of looked like a drum kit, um, and there's a picture on our website actually of it, uh, it's the Flashback Berries, and um, so a drum kit looked a bit like a drum kit, guitars looked like guitars, and uh, we won that as well because we looked great, <laughs> still couldn't play. <laughs>
1: I, sup- I suppose that was a prelude to to the to the glam rock era because you know obviously i think gram- lots of great music in the glam rock era but actually appearance was a big thing wasn't it you know you, you had to look good
0: yeah yeah and you know lots, I, I don't even know what I was wearing but um it was just that thing we we felt like we was a real band which is, was very weird since we weren't and even then, girls chased us down the road to our houses at ten and a half, you know, and I think that's where I went, yeah, this
1: mm. is good. Must have been <laughs> terrible. It must have been awful. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't that, that still happens now, doesn't it, when you go outside the uh, Hallow Towers?
0: <laughs> yeah, all, all, all the time. All yeah, the I,
1: time, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can understand that.
2: But what was next after after the flashback, Barrys? Let's make a just a tiny little jump forward. I read something which straight away was was really hitting me. I said, "Wow!" Um, as you were active as the Age, the band the Age. That's right. You, yeah, you came across David Blaylock. Yep. And this guy was the former rope manager of da, 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 the Zombies. She's not Well,
3: let me tell you about the way she looked, the way she had turned the color of her hair. Her voice was soft and cool, her eyes were clear and bright, but she's not
0: there. That is correct.
2: An amazing story.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an
2: amazing story. You still were very, very, very young,
0: I guess. Don't know, 12, 13. Um, well, yeah, when we met David, I, I yeah, it was about 13 and 14, I think. <laughs> we was, yeah, we was gigging all the local working men's clubs and little pubs clubs and anything we could get, you know, or someone's birthday party.
1: So 13 and 14. Uh, you, you're now doing gigs and clubs, so I'd gone from play school probably to B- Blue Peter when I was 13 or 14. <laughs> and this guy's just just taking the step up, and doing, yeah. What about Magpie? Actually, yes, Jenny. What What was her name? That was the presenter, Jenny. Someone wasn't it? Oh, I can't think of what I'm thinking of that, but I'll obviously, yeah, uh... Susan Strengths, <laughs> wasn't it? Susan Strengths, one for sorrow, yeah, it could have been actually Susan Strengths, couldn't it? Yeah, one for you sorrow know, we, or two for sorrow and all that yeah, stuff.
0: One for sorrow, two for joy. That's it. That's
1: it.
3: One for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl and four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret never to be told.
1: Wow. So, so you certainly learned how to you well, your stage presence and and we'll come to it later on and but you know we've seen you at, 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 a, at a private um a private gig with Russ when you come on the stage and and completely nailed it I remember saying to you when you came off the stage you just nailed it it was just like stage presence and I suppose when you start learning how to go on stage at 12 or 13 it it, it comes naturally as as the years go by
0: I, I suppose so. Yeah, it's just like walking into a pub and ordering a pint. You know, it's just it's yeah. almost just come up and do it, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and you you could be sitting there having a drink. The next minute, you know, you're on there playing or singing, singing or something. You know, yeah. so um, it's just a normal thing. Yeah, it's very strange.
1: What what records were you buying? So you were 12 and 13. You started to gig. What records would would you have bought? What singles would you have bought around that time? In terms of music, love of music.
0: My very first single, which is a very strange one, and I think I, I saw a little sketch, and I think it was Cracker Jack, and they done this, you know, the original version of a song, you know, Cuddly Pencil or whatever it is, and um, that he had done this little sketch on the moon or something, and they sang Swinging on a Star. And I thought, God, oh, I like that. And uh, I think my mum said, look, you could actually buy that as a single. Right. Walked miles down Tottenham High Road and bought this single, Swinging on a Star by Big D Irwin. And that was my very first 45 I ever bought. Not very glad for me, but i star in the title.
1: All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah. So, so I, I I think we want to I, I I'm because I'm dying to ask you about about hello and and the early days of hello. So <laughs> if we can just sorry, but we we uh, and you know just to just to be in to, in total transparency, there you go. I'm putting Look on the screen the original single of, of of New York Groove, but we we're not going to talk about New York Groove yet because we have got lots of time to do that. But um, so how did hello? Uh, t- talk us through how Hello were formed, because obviously you were the front man and found a member with some other guys, but how that happens, and, th- and then we'll go on to talk about you know the singles and the- and how they came to pass.
0: Okay, well, um, last I started with a mind band, and then I started to learn to play guitar. Hmm. I thought, well, I-, I need another guitarist, at least, and a drummer. So I thought, well... And my mum said, oh, because my mum was a dinner lady uh, at school. And she said, my other dinner lady friend has got a son who wants to play wants to play in the band so, this was like he was 11 or something and um so i went around his house and i said look you know do, do you want to uh, play bass guitar he said no no And I, i'd gone around there actually to speak to his brother because he could play bass guitar and uh, i said do you want to be in the band and he went no 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 because you're too young because if we was about 12 he was about 15, it was Chris at Ultravox, which was his brother. Yeah. And, uh, so I asked Christopher to play bass, he went, no, 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 I'm, I'm too old, but, you know, my brother will play, he went, I don't want to play bass, I want to play drums. So I said, well, okay, look, you know, we'll get a drum kit from somewhere, and we'll have a go. And, uh, and Keith was at school, and I, I said to Keith, you know, do you want to play guitar, being a band? he went, nah, nah, that's... That, that's that's a gay boys thing, that's a manby pammy thing, I don't want to be in a pop, you know, city pop group. Right. So, um, and and this, this went on forever. My other friend spoke to Keith and he went, I'll give it a go, but I don't fancy it. So um, uh, an, another guy at school who was our first manager, Michael Raftery, he used to, at uh, uh, um, school break time, he used to play drums on the stage. I went up to him and went, look, I don't want you to play drums with, with our band, but could we nick your drum kit because we didn't have one and didn't have the money to buy one so um he said yeah find what you're doing i told him what the deal was he went i can get you to school hall to rehearse it and not lot the drums to be here so he went oh that's fantastic so i said to keith look there are keith there you go there's my acoustic guitar the one i just showed you and i went out and bought um a little top 20 electric guitar get it get a bit you know electrolyzed there you know it's fantastic and, uh, and a little 18 piece martial hand. and our first rehearsal with this old beaten-up drum kit, an acoustic guitar, and my little um, six-string electric, which is over there. God, so, that's the great. In the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this and this is that's my first electric guitar.
1: Wow, wow, oh, that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to, hey, trying to work out. Got
0: a, got a whammy bar as well.
1: Yeah, old tremolo arm. Is that what they call?
0: called? Yeah, old tremolo arm, yeah. Sorry. So it's like a, like,
1: a ret, like a rat lady. Oh, yeah, Sven's, Sven's a talking little bit about, like the rat about... special. Sven's talking about Brian May again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> They've had one podcast yet where he hasn't mentioned Brian May or Queen. But, you know. oh, well,
0: well. I'll try to do that then as well then, Warren. But, but,
1: but don't, stop, don't stop me now. I don't know. But listen, uh, <laughs> so what about the name Hello? Who came up with that? Well, that was David. Because um, we, we like,
0: learnt to play. And then in fact, we played with two guitars. Keith eventually got an electric. So we had two electric guitars and drums, no bass guitar. Because we thought, well, we don't really need it. You know, we're doing OK as a three-piece. And then we thought, you know what? You know what's missing? It's that bottom end. When, hmm. when we play, there's no bottom end to a track. So, so we, we've got to get a bass player our age. So um, there was a kid three doors along from Jeff. And uh, we knocked on his door and said, "Who was Vic. Vic, do you fancy playing in a band? He went, oh, I wouldn't mind the guy. I said, well, listen, can you buy a bass guitar and an amp and we'll teach you? So that's what he done. He bought an amp and a bass guitar and we taught him. And we used to rehearse in Jeff's house. Wow. It's just, just great, isn't it? Right. <laughs> the neighbours didn't like it too much.
1: No, I would imagine so. Oh, what a surprise.
0: Right. Saturday morning, I'll tell you what was rocking in Jeff's house, I'll tell you.
1: So so making that transition then from, from, you know, people that are, you know, sort of rehearsing or being taught an instrument to then getting a recording contract or or recording singles, what what was the transition to that? How did that happen?
0: That was when we was playing one of these clubs Roland Mills Club and I think the story is right is one of the roulettes weren't it Wasn't it mod mod out roulettes hello handsome how are you so right. I was at, and he knew russ's brother he said right. russ's brother you've got to come down and see these guys and his brother come down brought Russ down and i went wow let's let's get um russ knew david so Russ said David, you've got to check these guys out. So Russ and David come down to Jeff's house, where he was rehearsing, we'd done an audition for him. They knew a guy, Nick Kinsley, who had a um had a recording studio. And they set up a company called Rooney Dave, which was Russ, Nick and Dave. And um, we started recording Russ in a church in Potter's Bar, I think it was.
3: Wow. And,
0: uh, and from there, we we started recording Day we got some better gigs and we just put, took the stuff around to um record companies and eventually we had a, quite a few record companies come down to see us and made a few offers and we decided to go with bell
1: so so that's well that's that's brilliant is that how how, how things happen is it it's just you know rust it's it's great but but in terms of of your first single the first single if and correct me if I'm wrong, is 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 a russ ballard composition what a surprise it and yeah. it was called you move me so i think wrong. i think before, before we ask you about that, that we ought to we ought to play it for you now we're going to play this is hello cool. 1972 and you move me right so what do you what do you think of that i I give you my my when i first heard it i thought to myself this is quo and i had a serious amount it sounded like some of the early quo influenced and then towards the end um no i don't think it's something else no i i thought i had a real quo influence a a real sort of early you know like mean girl that around the time of down the dust pipe mean girl yeah. I don't know whether that was deliberate, but that's what it sounded like, I thought.
0: No, it wasn't deliberate, but when we was the age, we used to play down the dust pipe, funny enough. Really? So we we have a, a bit of that rock and roll influence come through on the track.
1: okay well and then and then the first cuz fen you said to me you thought that the first song that was recorded by hello when we were talking about we are doing some research was was come on oh you then, come on was the second single if on oh, for, yeah, like, but come on, but come on. I, I, I ask russ and funnily you know russ yeah. told me
2: nearly exactly the same story so that um he has seen you and you started recording the first songs together. And you met up, I think, the first time in in, in your parents' house or in Jeff's house, in Jeff's, Jeff's, Jeff's parents' house. house. Yeah, yeah. And the first single you recorded with Russ was Come On. Which no, can't wasn't... Let
0: You Go. Can't Let You Go was the very first song we recorded.
2: Why did you not release Can't Let You Go? As we all know, it was yeah, a hit later uh, on.
0: Was it a B-side? It, it, um, I, I actually think it's on a new album that's been released by Terry Red, but I don't think it was ever released. No, and really? I, don't, I can't remember why, but then all of a sudden, Russ wrote You Move Me, and we went, that's great, let's do that. And then Come On was the second single. Wow.
1: That's
0: not weird. It, wow. Yeah. Yeah. The Can't Let You Go is on some compilation album or box set, I think it was. And I hadn't heard it for years because obviously years ago there wasn't cassettes, was there? So we didn't have copies of anything.
1: No. Yeah. So, no, no,
0: no. And I heard it, it was a lot, can't remember that. I, I still remember the studio, which is gone now. I think the same as to this place. But um, ah, it was great. Great. It was very strange being in a, I think it was an eight track studio, which was. Something different to us because we went to a studio when we was the age, little kids, and uh, there was three of us. It's before we had um, uh, Vic in the band, and we tuned our guitars to each other, so none of them was in concert. So we've gone in the studio, and this guy's gone. Oh, look at his cellulose cricket bat! Let me tune them up. So he's tuned our guitars up, and I couldn't sing the songs because obviously, month, for, month day by day, month by month the tuning was going down. So he wasn't tuning it in proper concert. So when he tuned it up, I was going, I can't sing it. So it was absolutely visible.
1: Awful. <laughs> going, going back to come on. Um, so again, good old Wikipedia, a second single. Uh, now that reminded me of Eddie Cochran, you know, when you got the guitar out a moment ago and yeah. then, and then the chord changes and then it's like Brown sugar, the Rolling Stones towards the end. And and this isn't yeah. obviously another rust song. Is that is that fair? Would, would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I mean, I love the thing where it's got like the feedback guitar because that was unintentional. First of all, and because uh, Keith bar was a little bit rusty, there's a little twang in there, and that, that was unintentional. But I think it's great when it goes. Mm. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. Great. Well, it's a, it. You know, it's two minutes thirty. It's two minutes thirty. I think we should we should play it, Sven. Don't you? So this is this is hello with 1972, and come great. on. So that Was come on by Hello. Um, and I'm moving swiftly down the singles because I want to, I, I really want to get, well, I want to go through all of them really. But, um, the research that I did this is the next single, Another School Day. So that was written by the band, including yourself, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the influence of glam is there, is coming through in that song, and also the introduction of Mike. Mike Leander to the team. So tell us a little bit about about that, Bob, if you would.
0: Um, Another school day. Well, funny enough, we recorded Dynamite before that. But we was always writing. You know, even as little kids, we was always writing songs but couldn't afford to record them. Um, And that was probably a bit shit, to be quite honest. But, you know, um, we suddenly said, well, look, we're doing Dynamite. Let's have our own song. You know, we've got a couple of ideas our ideas together and um and everyone said, Look, let's record it and see how it turns out. So we done that and we said, Look, Mr. the Chin and Chap weren't very impressed when we said we don't want to do dynamite, we've got our own song and we prefer it. Um so we never got one of his songs again. Um Mud had a big hit with Dynamite. <laughs> we had a flop with another school day but hey you know you, <laughs> do some, you do some.
1: <laughs> yeah but so, but you say that but success was was literally just around the corner wasn't it um it was yeah so and you, you know the let's let's talk 1974 and um when everybody I, I was talking to a friend of mine Um, a guy called paul faithful who's been to see you quite a lot and he's a he's a glam rock expert and he does all the weekends and he does all the you know the kind of uh, holiday camp places you know the weekends that they do he's always there and he said to me there is one track that is guaranteed to get everybody on the dance floor it's tell him by hello yeah
0: (laughs) i think you're right now
1: yeah so we'd love we'd love to hear We'd love to hear your your thoughts because that was really that was the breakthrough single, I guess, for you.
0: It was, yeah. We, we didn't we didn't really want to start doing covers, to be quite honest. But um, it, it's just you know record companies and managers, you know that they must know the right thing to do. Um, so we thought, let's. I think it might have been actually Mike Leander's idea. And We said, look, you know, you got to try anything. You know, there's no right or wrong way. So. Hmm. that was it and and off it went it was quite amazing
1: incredibly catchy song I mean and it's got that it's got that real fast beat to it hasn't it you know you just can't help you just can't help sort of like tapping your foot to it and that, that's uh...
0: all, but I'll tell you what because Mike Leander said listen I'm going to put piano on there and we went we was always no unless we have played it we we don't want anything on a track that we can't play so you no it's the embellishment it's going on so okay fine. But then we went to do I can't remember what TV show that was. It might have been Lift Off or one of these TV shows. I went, all right, you ready to go? Yeah, okay. you in the <laughs> studio. Can we re-record it? We went, you what? Re-record it. And we tried to put the piano on. So when you do the bass notes, I'll do that chord and you do the next chord. And there we was busking through this whole thing to get it recorded for the TV show.
2: <laughs> wow. Did you believe that or did you believe back in the days that "Tell Him" would be your breakthrough? You know, you, you recorded some singles and really good songs, um, okay. but perhaps wrong timing, as it is from from time to time. And then you recorded "Tell Him." Did you know straight away? Okay, "Tell Him" will be a hit. It will be our breakthrough.
0: To us, it was just another good song, but we just thought, <laughs> you know, it, it, who knows? It, you know, it could have mm. been another 10 songs down the road because we thought You Move Me was good. We thought mm-hmm. Come On was really us awesome, really this is going to be the one. And it's and it got a bit of airplay, and we was just, I don't know, we was ahead of our time, as our drummer used to say. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Would you would you say that Mike, Leand, Mike Leander? I mean, for those who don't know, um, Mike Leander was. Uh, I uh, just just I remember seeing him on every you know glitter band or whatever single, and he was a but he wrote a lot of songs as well, didn't he? Um, back in the day, as well as produce, was he a great influence on you? Did you did, did you welcome his input? He
0: he was great. He, you actually learnt a lot from him. You know, um, lovely lovely bloke. Lovely bloke, really calm, come up with some ideas and you thought, really? You know hand claps? You know, it was yeah, put hand claps and we'll do a piano on that. Right, like, hiring a synthesizer, listen. We thought, well, this is madness. But you know, when you were sitting there listening to his instructions, it was wow, that is fantastic. Like double tracking, you know, and, and stacking harmonies up. And it was you learn something new every time. And so when you went away to write a song. You knew what you could do. We could stack yeah. a load of things. We could put a harmonica on. You know, we put keyboards on. So yeah, it was great. Learn a hell of a lot of them, Mike. Right?
1: Sven, I don't know whether in Germany you had the equivalent to Top of the Pops. Have you heard us heard us talk about the Top of the Pops in the UK? Um, but I'm just thinking for our German listeners. I don't know whether there's equivalent. Basically, it was like a chart show which was legendary. I mean, it's probably the follow-on from, from the Ready Steady Goes or whatever that Russ and the Roulettes were talking to us about.
2: My dear friend uh, Ian, everybody all over the world knows Top of The Pops. It was in Germany as well. Okay, and everybody knows Top of The Pops. And you knew exactly if a band manages to be on Top of The Pops, they They're in made the job. it. Yeah. They really made it. So when you play, just for instance, when you play... Uh, New York Groove song Sounds good, yeah New York Groove on Top of the Pops You made it, you're on number one In
1: several countries So so, so, guess what the next question Is going to be about uh, Top of the Pops I think um, So Because um, I got some inside info about some Interesting people that you met when you Were performing on Top of the Pops so we'd love to Hear any stories you've got
0: uh, Interest, well one Of the interesting ones really was Robin Ness produced it didn't he you know, Robin Nash? Yeah. Well, we didn't know it was. So we, we we're standing out on the stage, no instruments, no drum kit, nothing at all. And uh, we just standing on the stage, they're setting all the cameras up and overcoming this guy and says, what are you doing? Well, well, we're not doing anything, I ain't got any gear. So he said, no, no, you should be rehearsing. Where's your equipment? I went, don't know, mate. So we didn't know he was. Then all of a sudden, now uh, uh, a roadie comes in all that stuff's behind the wrong curtains. So he brings it all round. And we nearly never ever got on top of the pops again. Because he thought we were right ignorant band members. Where we weren't, <laughs> we was just being silly and didn't know who he was. But he <laughs> could have blown it.
1: Was that was that with for tell him? Was that for, for tell him or for uh... it, must have, it must have been tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. And then we done um we used to do lift off a lot. You know, lift off of Aisha.
1: Aisha, yeah, yeah.
0: And that's that's the very first time I met David Bowie. And uh, that he was doing Starman. Now, I great. didn't really know the band. I thought, what a great track. And they looked amazing, didn't they? They yeah. all looked absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, um, and they'd done their thing, we was about to go on. And he walked over, we had a chat, and he said, listen, you know, you've got to play to the camera, give me some fantastic tips. And absolutely, you know, and that sticks in your head, something like that. Lovely bloke, lovely bloke.
1: Yeah, from Beckenham, dear old David. Good, yeah. old, good old South yeah. London boy. But... uh <laughs> so, obviously that that was the breakthrough, and and it, it, overnight you're well stars, I suppose, are, o- overnight. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the follow up, if I'm not mistaken, the follow up to tell him uh, was a song called "Games Up," uh, which was Has written, been... which I it says is written by Shepard Springate and Seago. Now I'm presuming is that Jerry Shepard of the Glitter Band? It certainly is. Yep. Right, okay. Because yeah,
0: it's... Because
1: uh, that I'll tell you what, that is a that is another brilliant single. I don't know whether you've... Did, did you get a chance to hear it, Sven? Games uh,
2: Yes, of course.
1: Yeah. Yes, of course. Because so, I, I know we always argue which ones we like the best. So, you know, hopefully there won't be any arguments today. Well, not arguments, discussions. Is that fair, Sven?
2: Well, we will never, ever have arguments you know i i still say okay this particular song is five percent better than your choice Uh, end of the story (laughs) always five percent it's never going to be six is it no it's five percent better and and and, and it's better i mean you like games up yeah what about um bent me shape me
1: yeah that's good but i I think we should play a little bit of, of both of them and just let the uh let the audience that are listening to this—that's a good—that's that's a good idea.
0: Yeah, we'll have a poll.
1: Yeah, we should do that. We should do yeah. that. Yeah. But then, star-studded, star-studded sham is going to win the whole lot. Anyway, no, no, no. Let's not go there. Right. So, <laughs> anyway, so this is—we is... we are still in
2: 1975. You are running through the list of hits of "Hello." So, well, all of our listeners might might have realised what you are doing. You're you're building up the way. To a spectacular song, so 1975, games up, and then Bent me, shape me. Try let us try to give the listeners just a little bit of each of the songs, and trust me, somebody will come up and say, "Oh, this song is five
0: percent better than the other one." Yeah, let's do that now. Ten (laughs) percent.
1: Games up. Okay, so that was Games Up and Bend Me, Be Shape Me. So, well, we finally reached um, the questions that I was, a lot of people listening to this probably want us to ask you about the single, how did it come about, Russ Ballard. You know, it's New York groove time. So, you, you know, it is it is the song, isn't it, really? And so we'd love to hear any recollections, anything you want to share with us all about that song, how it was recorded, etc.
2: And of course um, the interaction with, with, with Russ and how did it yeah. start? We know that Russ wrote the song on a flight back to UK from New
1: York. Yeah. In five or six minutes. On Concord, as you do. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: as as one does.
0: Finish <laughs> <laughs> of champagne. Yeah. Um yeah, he 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 just um I think he actually just sent us a reel to reel tape and said, What'd you think of that? And um mm-hmm. He said, Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. And he came in the studio and we just threw up some ideas around. And um, and then we just decided what we'd do is we put hand claps on. And we went, It needs to be a bit beefier. So I think it was the engineer went, Hang on, hang on. And he brought a door into the recording booth, this big door. He said, We'd big platforms on. And that was where, where the stomp come from. We all stood on this door. They mic'd the door up. We all stomped on it. Uh, and that was to me what made the song something different
1: yeah it did it's got that it's got that beat and even when and even when you play it on stage you you can almost feel that coming through can't you yeah you can yeah we was going to
0: use samples of that um but we didn't think it was quite right we just thought it was a bit cheating so we did (laughs) not
1: there you go audience that's that's in these days of lip syncs and mime and then God knows what that's proper musicians talking and playing live. There you go. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was less than three minutes. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's got some great and and it stood the test of time, isn't it? In terms of the lyrics. I mean, obviously kiss famously rewrote some of the God go rock and roll to you to get rid of, you know, Cliff Richards, please don't tease and other stuff to bring it up to date. Well, you know, we could debate that yeah. all day long but this doesn't need any rewriting of the lyrics the lyrics are still as relevant today um an actual fact you won't believe this this morning on facebook came up uh, emmanuel our good friend who is russ's promoter in portugal posted yeah. i don't know if you saw it Sven, posted a you know, little note new york groove being used in a new film um, I can't remember the name of the film, but, uh, but he, it was just like you know, right up to date today. This morning, you know, hours before we're talking to you. So the, you know, uh, in, I think the version they're using is the um, uh, is the the kiss version. God damn it. Yes, I'm, I'm <laughs> afraid. I did I did play it because I thought, oh, I got some good news for Bob here, but uh... that,
2: that's a huge huge mistake, huge mistake. The kiss, the the or the yeah, the kiss version if you want. So um Bob, the Russ played you the demo from New York yeah. Groove. Do you still have Russ's demo?
0: Oh I I'll tell you what, I I, I was thinking this the other day and I've got loads and loads of Realtor real tapes in a cupboard. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually gonna wire my Realtor up and see if I, because he wrote the song for us one by one. I know I've got a little reel tape that says one by one on the box. So that might be Russ's demo on that, but it might be on the back end of that. So um, I'll go through could take a while, but it would be interesting.
2: It would be really interesting because many, many people are asking, hey, we would love to hear Russell's original version. Okay, he, he re-recorded it for It's Good to Be Here and made it a bigger, a bigger yeah. is the wrong bigger word, style. you know. Gospel
1: gospel at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, it
2: was gospel at the end. At the yeah, at the end. Yeah. I really, really like this. But back in 1975, what you did with, with all the stomping in... In the song you gave the audience a chance to play together with you
0: that's right yeah
2: I think that's Good that's show. that's Good the show. key that's the key with this song so the audience could make music together with you that was amazing back in the days
0: yeah yeah and it used to be quite noisy someone's in some balconies bouncing up and down that was a little bit scary <laughs> <laughs>
1: And everybody, I'm back, you know, I'm back. And then everybody goes, Back in the what? New York groove. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what? what's your honest opinion, Bob, of Ace Frehley's version? We called it the Kiss version a moment ago. What? What's your honest honest feeling about it? Well,
0: it's not far off of ours, really, is it?
1: No, no, I, no it's not.
0: I didn't, I didn't think there was much difference, really. Did you? No. I just
1: you no, know right, you're right actually. There's not it's not a huge difference. It's probably yeah, it's it's just literally it's super similar. too much around, is it? It's very similar,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, don't see, that's that's a song I think it'd be very hard to do a different version of mm. because the song is the song that like, what would you do? You know, probably put a rap behind it or something is about the oh, Russia said to me that was, the, that was the very first rap song. Right. Here I am again in the city. You, yeah. you know, and it's, I wrote the very first rap song and perhaps he's right
1: there. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, I don't know about you, Sven, I don't actually want to leave this talk, this subject talking about this song, but I suppose we're going to have to, really, unless there's oh, any well,
2: other... Well, un- unfortunately, we have to. We could talk about New York Groove and how... I've
0: got to say one more thing. One Please. more thing about New yeah. York Groove.
1: Please.
0: Is that we wanted to release it in New York, yeah, in America. Not not hope. Record company said, you can't do that. You can't release it in America. Why? What what, Exactly. Why can't? No, it's not the done thing. You can't sing about America in America. So it never got released. Never saw the light of that in America.
1: Uh, Can you believe it? I would have been unique. If anything, that was a reason (laughs) to do it, actually. It would have been a big hit
2: in in the States. It really would have been a big hit in the States if there was any chance for you to release this damn single in New York
0: would have been great record company wouldn't do it couldn't be, we couldn't believe it either
2: right well, and, and they would never ever tell you why they just said
1: no,
0: no. and that's probably
1: people. and that's probably what gave what what gave the kiss version a uh, a real a real boost because boost because the the american public hadn't heard it before and yeah. so that's probably yeah so had they heard it it wouldn't have become such a bigger hit for ace freely that's right got they got, they got airplay
2: won. the kiss version got airplay back in the days because yeah. it was very simple for ace freely back then yeah. um in the top era okay released this as a single in the states of course so they really had an advantage Most i definitely. believe that ace freely's um new york groove would have would have would never have done so good in the uh In the charts, if the Hello version would have been released some years earlier.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because it's not, like I say, it's not a lot different, really. Not a lot different to go, oh, I prefer that version. I, I can't hear a lot of difference, really.
1: No, no, no. I mean well, well well done. you made it. You, yours was the original, you know, and you sh- and I'm sure you are very proud of of what you achieved with that with that single and and like yeah. I said, are we, oh, we still play it today? Um I, I I still play play the song all the time. It's on one you know, of my playlists and uh,
2: You know, know, know what? Know. You know what? In Germany, so I I'm from Germany. Everybody might hear Are it. you? Are you really? <laughs> People see I'm from Germany. Yes. Yes, I can oh. speak with very much accent if you like. <laughs> no, we prefer your
0: South London accent. <laughs> okay. Thanks. So,
3: here,
2: here now, New York here Germany. In, it, pardon? New
0: York Groove was in the uh, charts in Germany for 6 months, wasn't it?
2: Your oh. New York Groove is played in Germany each and every day in i don't know on 100 different radio stations the radio station i i prefer to hear here is playing new york groove each and every day and you know what when this when is so funny it's, it's a thing between my wife and me so if new york groove is on the radio of course we are we're stomping <laughs> like yeah. like your audience did and then we say just just in direction to russell kaching <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every
1: time New York Roof starts, one of us says, oh, dun, 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 ka-ching. And I And I think it's been used for so many, for, for a lot of commercial reasons. I mean, Russ has been telling us stuff. I think it was even a, a New York Waterfront development or something. You, you used it or asked for permission. was brilliant song. Yeah. So, on yeah. the Grand
0: Fifth Auto, the computer game, wasn't it?
1: Was it? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Liberty Radio, yeah. only bought yeah. the game tuning
1: in that. <laughs> brilliant.
2: Yeah, brilliant. You know what, Ian? It's always brilliant recording these podcasts and, and giving the people some great stories they might have never heard before. Exactly. Uh, not so brilliant, but I think it's about time to do so, is to close off Part one of our wonderful
1: or brilliant conversation with Bob Radbury. Oh, I was enjoying that. Well, I think we have to because we don't we want to try and spread the love over the over the two over the two posts. But um I think that uh it seems a shame to close it there, but we're gonna have to at least we, we left on extremely high notes with um with a bit of New York groove. But uh, we've got some fun yeah. to come in part two, listeners. We've got uh, what Bob did after Hello. We've got uh, the Boomtown Rats, which involved Bob heavily. We've got the Glamrock All-Stars. We've got all sorts of stuff, plus some fun with Bob at the end, haven't we, Sven?
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It will be – people will love it. I mean, we loved the conversation with him. And, um, yeah, part two will be full of surprises again, I think so,
1: yeah? Yep, it, it, it will but before we go, I'd like to mention, if that's all right with you Sven, I'd like to mention a band called Fugitive, uh, some of them if you've been on the Voices of Russ Ballard group page, if you've been on the Facebook page, you'll know that uh, a wonderful rock star name, can, do you want to say the name? Say the name for me Sven, will you? The one and only Michael Angel that that, that that name's definitely got wings is not it you, you know and uh i would say with that name
2: um you must have been raised on rock
1: exactly and so there's a long story which we're not going to go through now because they're going to be coming on the podcast soon to to tell us more about how they met russ how russ reacted to them on social media how he felt that russ could do a lot for them and vice versa it's a fantastic story but more to the point they've been doing some great music together and russ has been involved in in writing and rewriting a song called funnily enough as sven just said raised on rock so i think as a tiny tiny little preview to what's coming in a future podcast before we go sven can we play raised on rock by fugitive oh yes please just, let's just do so like, this
2: is fugitive raced on rock the song it, russ fell in love with
1: indeed and before we go we're just going to say goodbye from me ian
2: and from me Sven. enjoy raced on rock and we look forward to seeing all of you in part two with our fantastic bob bradbury
3: Woo!
0: This is Russ Ballard, and you're listening to the Voices of Russ Ballard podcast.